That's impressive. Well, okay. let's do this. Right. <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Beth. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Yeah. Welcome to episode 15. 16. 16? Yeah. Is it 16? It is. Damn. I know. See, this is what happens when I don't update my notes. Wow. We are four away from like not being <laughs> teenagers anymore. Oh, that's so special. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. So, so Stainy, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Ray and Nephew Overproof Rum. I know that you already know because you're here. And I've been drinking with you. <laughs> Sorry, we, go on. We might be a little bit fucked up. Um, Ray and Nephew White Overproof Rum, a Jamaican staple, and Coca Cola, and a dash of some, is it lime or lemon? Lemon, lime juice. Lime yeah. Juice. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the same rum that we had at the party a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was lovely. So I just figured, well, let's You're go again. Shot. I'm in your shot. Oh, yes. my shoulder's in your shot. This <laughs> <laughs> is hilarious. On I too think, many levels. I think we should, I don't know. No, I'm fine with it. It's cool. <laughs> so what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking the same rum because we are in the same room, but with Azevia instead of Coke. So, yeah. yes. Too much sugar in the Coke for you. Right. Way too much sugar. It put me in a coma. So, yeah. that brings us to the, I guess, the highlight of this is that we are in the same room for the first time ever on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What's up, man? Jesus. <laughs> so we don't awesome. even know how to act in person. <laughs> I know. We're just we, getting drunk together. Yeah. And I hope it works out for you guys because it's going to work out for me. I'm <laughs> We'll see where this goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully in subsequent um episodes we'll have a broader view of just the two of us and we're not split screen anymore. Mm-hmm. But as you can see, we're we're in the same spot. And it's yes, it's, it is what it's it amazing. Is. All right. It's amazing. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about what's going on with the January sixth commission. The commission. Yes, it's a special commission that is trying to investigate what happened on January 6th, what led to it, who participated, all that kind of stuff. You know what the funny thing about this whole commission thing about, you you know what's so annoying? What? I keep saying the funny thing because it's funny to me. I don't know if it's funny to other people. It's not funny, haha. It's just funny, like, right. "Mm, I need to find another thing to say besides the funny thing. You know what's interesting? Interesting. You know what's interesting about the whole generous commission thing and like trying to figure out what happened and who did it and what happened or whatever? Yeah. We all watched it live. I know. On TV. So it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? Just play the tape. I know. It's insane to me. Like what that on that day I was talking with people live when it was happening. Mm-hmm. I was I was sending instant messages to my coworkers saying, Are you watching what's going on? And universally, okay, so I work with a lot of people of all political persuasions, and and that's just the way I like it. I like to be friends with a lot of different people, very diverse. So obviously, I'm friends with Trump supporters. And, oh, my God, they were horrified that day. Yes, I am. You may not be, but I am. They were horrified that day. They were telling me how awful it was 
And then I was just like, wow, finally they're starting to understand how I felt about why the rest of us is scared to death of yes. fucking Hitler 2.0. <laughs> right. But in the time since then, most of them have changed their tune. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you have a media that's so focused on manipulation for clicks and views yeah. that they, ha they, they were horrified that day. We were all horrified that day. And since then, it's like, oh, but, and I'm like, there's no but. That was an awful day. Yeah. And there should be a commission to research this because we need to really hold people accountable. We need some accountability. Like, yes. You know, whatever. Yes. But this is where we are. Oh, yep. God. And how we got to this spot really started back at the second impeachment because the second impeachment of Donald Trump was about January 6th mm -hmm. because so many people saw there was a direct correlation between the words that he was saying, the events that happened at the rally that day, and then people marching into the Capitol and destroying property, smearing shit on the walls, looking for Mike Pence, trying to hang him, and basically hunting down and trying to kill members of Congress. And, and people died immediately people as died. a result of them entering the fucking Capitol. Yes. Building. Uh, uh. So back during the second impeachment, the Democratic Party really wanted to hold Donald Trump accountable for this, saying his words led to those actions. And Mitch McConnell, the minority leader in the Senate, said Donald Trump is responsible. Actually, I, I went back and looked at his speech and I wanted to give some quotes because what he said that day is directly related to the January 6th commission. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, pretty much the leader of the Republican Party, said citizens' actions were disgraceful and they had been fed falsehoods by Donald Trump himself and his actions preceded a riot. The House accused Trump of inciting the riot and Trump, according to McConnell, was, and I quote, practically and morally responsible for the events of that day, no question about it. I remember those words, yes. no question about it. And those I was like, words... this guy, fucking turtle, Mm -hmm. okay. The man that had basically bent over backwards to do everything Trump wanted. So then he, yeah. he went on to say that Trump was, quote, determined to either overturn the voters' decision or else torch our institutions on the way out, end quote. So he gave a very long speech talking about how Trump was directly responsible for this. But he said the reason he voted against impeachment was because impeachment was never meant to be the final form for American justice. But President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he was in office. Mm -hmm. We have a criminal justice and a civil litigation process to hold Trump accountable was what he said. Civil litigation includes something like a commission to research what happened, to, to litigate the details of the day, to bring parties together to discuss what happened, who was involved. That is the civil litigation that he was talking about. So he, So Mitch McConnell was saying, Impeachment is not how you hold Donald Trump accountable. You do something like a commission or an investigation yeah. to hold him accountable. So that's what he said. No, so I, I wanna I wanna stop you there because I agree with what he said. Sure. You agree with what he said. Sure. And then fast forward to when the House was trying to put together this commission. Yes. He then disagreed with what he said. Exactly. He completely flipped and most of the GOP did as well. Which was why I wanted to bring up Mitch McConnell's words to say, this is what he said we should have done. Yeah. Now he's saying we shouldn't do it because it's too partisan. 
know that. My so clearly already. he's politically motivated because he knows that this is going to unveil a lot of the underbelly of the Republican Party. Now, the Democratic Party is not completely innocent. I'm not saying this to be a champion for Democrats. Because, wait, wait, no. not not completely innocent in the insurrection? No, 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 just in general. Oh, okay. Of, of, yeah, their, their, their hands aren't clean when it comes to pointing the finger at people and saying mm. that they're morally superior. You know, neither party is complete. I don't want to get into the whataboutism. Oh, well, what about the Democrats? Yeah, yeah, they suck too. So this is not to say the Democrats are pure, but when it comes to an, a factual investigation into what happened that day, mm -hmm. a lot of the, the GOP politicians and supporters of their party or supporters of Donald Trump are saying that this is a this is a flawed investigation because they already know the conclusion. They they know they know they want to blame Donald Trump. Therefore, it's a it's a botched investigation. They have forgotten that Mitch McConnell was the one who pointed the finger at Donald Trump that day. Wait, let me let me draw an analogy to sure. this because it's like that doesn't make any fucking sense. It's it's a botched or flawed investigation because we know who done it. That's what that's what their excuse is. Bitch, the reason yeah. we know OJ done it. <laughs> <laughs> we still had to have a trial. Yes, that's the thing. Regardless of whether you know who done it, how oh they did God. it, why they did it, you still have to have a due process, an investigation, and uh, the litigation, and the trial, and everything. Yeah. Yes, I'm so glad you said that because l let's just say for for argument's sake that. If it were wrong to start from a point of, of, for the Democrats to start from a point of trying to blame Donald Trump because they're accused of always wanting to blame Trump for everything, let's not forget that the leader of the Republican Party himself said Trump is to blame for this. So he was the one who drew that conclusion before yeah. anybody else did. So you can't use that as an excuse for the Republicans to back out and saying it's a flawed investigation. They were the, their leader was the one who drew that conclusion from the get-go. And I, and for the first time in like history, I agreed with the guy. I was like, I yo, if you let's litigate it, let's yes. let's bring the law and 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 you exactly. know turn it up. Wow. The other thing is, um, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're just doing this because it makes the Republicans look bad. Okay. First of all, you can't claim partisanship is the reason that you don't want to participate in this, but then mm -hmm. say that it makes your own side look bad because saying the word side means you're choosing your own conclusion you're choosing you're choosing, you're choosing partisanship exactly so you can't say it's my side versus your side that is partisanship so that argument goes out the window too but also if if you're in a factual investigation into what happened that day and it makes your side look bad then that means that your side is bad it made errors that warrant such an investigation and i'll give you an example so you can't say that somebody's going to look bad if the merit of that investigation is untrue. And this happened to me just yesterday. Somebody came at me in a comment section on a YouTube video because I had given feedback to a YouTuber that I did not like their content mm -hmm. and somebody got triggered. And so they went and saw that I had a YouTube channel and said, oh, and this is what they said to me. Oh, you've got a YouTube channel and you've only got 337 subscribers. So that's pathetic. It's no wonder that your channel is going nowhere. So if that, if I were trying to become a full-time YouTuber, sure, that would make me look bad. So I responded to them and I'm like, really? 
Um, I'm not trying to be a full-time YouTuber. So the merit of your accusation towards me is completely bunk. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a YouTuber, so I don't look bad. What's your point? So the same thing with this investigation. If the merit of the investigation is flawed, then it doesn't make anybody look bad. It just makes the person investigating look bad. There is merit to these accusations of people who participated in January 6th. So that's why they don't, if they look bad, it's because they participated. I just, I just, I'm really annoyed with the fact that he was the one that was just like, if you guys want to get to the bottom of this, let's form a commission, let's fucking litigate it, you know, you know, by the letter of the law. Mm -hmm. And then when it was time to do such a thing, he was just like, oh, (laughs) I don't I don't want to. Oh, oh, we this can't is, do this. This is bad for this America. This is bad for America. This is what. <laughs> you know, and so you quoted Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. um, talking about this commission and how it should be run and whatever. And then when it came down to it, he was against it. He voted against he it. He actually voted against right. it. Right. But our adversaries across the pond. The Russians, at the time when we were looking into investigating this, their official statement from the Kremlin was that they're only doing, the the Democrats are only doing this as a way to make sure that Trump cannot hold political office ever again. Which made, which, which, which they, they kind of painted it as like, it's a witch hunt. Oh. It's a, it's, you know, oh, you're just trying to stop him from being president after the next four years. And it's like, well, he, if he did some fucked up shit, well, we don't want him as president right. again. If right. he was the one that, that started this, that was the, the catalyst for all of this, mm-hmm. not even the catalyst, just the fucking match and gasoline. He was everything. Yeah. Then why would we want this person? But they were painting it in the international community as the Democrats are just trying to make sure that he's finished forever. Yeah. Bruh, in my opinion, and this is my personal opinion, he should have never been president in the first fucking place. So what's the problem? Yeah. He was on fit. Obviously, yeah. he was on fit if he incited a riot where five to however many people died mm-hmm. trying to subvert our constitution. Not that our constitution is perfect, but the fact that we all know what the constitution is and we understand it and we understand how it works and it's workable. Yes. And he tried to fuck that. Yes. Well, then fuck him. Yes, exactly. I wouldn't want him in office just because of his own actions. When he got elected, a lot of us were saying, oh, this is going to be bad. And people were like, you're just so, you just don't like him. You have no idea. Okay, well, we went through four years and he was... He was even worse than we thought. And there was never an insurrection on the Capitol building while Congress was in session until this person was president. There had never... In the history. Like, we can go through 44 presidents. We can go through all the... We can go through Andrew Jackson. We can go through Jordan Washington, Abraham Lincoln. There was nothing on this scale. Not even during the Civil War did the Confederate flag go into the Capitol building, but it happened under Trump. As... You know what? As soon as you said Confederate flag, I'm going to post that picture of that fucktard with the fucking Confederate flag yes. in our building. In the treasonous the fucking yes. ass flag. Yes. Wow, dude. Yes. Dude, as a person who wasn't born an American and like studied the history of, you know, the wars that got us to where we are and sacrifices mm-hmm. and the blood, sweat and tears or whatever, to see the Confederate flag 
parading around inside our Capitol building where the two chambers of Congress meet was just mind blowing. It was just like, it was a did, sad did, day. Did, did we go back to, to, to 1770s, 77? I don't like, what is, what are we, what are we doing? Well, that was 1860. And then remember the fucking guy with the fucking ostrich. Oh, oh, um, oh yeah. yeah I was just like, yeah. I was like, what are you, how is this in this building? This building is against all of that. Yes. So here's the question is what what is what is the GOP saying now about the events of that day? It's very different. Like you mm -hmm. and I remember this because we watched it on television. Yeah. And we don't abide by what the mainstream media tells us to believe about that. We were we believe our own eyes. We yeah. saw it happen. And we know what, who was participating that day. We know what we saw. And what is the GOP trying to say now? That is that is not aligning with the truth. We all saw the video of what happened. I really don't need to reiterate. Y'all saw people scaling the walls. You saw the noose out there. You saw the woman from California get shot a couple of times and died. You saw an officer got beaten to death. Mm -hmm. um, you saw another officer that was steering people away from the chamber mm -hmm. and took them upstairs because they didn't have like the layout. Mm -hmm. You saw people um communicating in terms of where we should be or what window we should break or where we should go or whatever we did see people breaking windows right you saw people in the halls with confederate flags you saw them with the ostrich um Auschwitz. yes uh hoodie mm -hmm. and things so that's what really happened you saw, saw all of those things destroying property and then stealing property yeah you the one guy that Found Nancy Pelosi's office and he mm. had his feet up and he stole a letter. Stole information, stole property. The, the shaman dude with the mm. with the horns and whatnot. He was he thought he was in the Senate chamber, mm. but he was actually in the house. In the house chamber, yep. And you know, and so we we all saw this. So th there's no need for me to figure out what happened. Yeah. We saw it live. It was like watching a baseball game. We saw it live. Mm -hmm. But then after that, like clockwork, like we expected, the spin. Like one GOP senator was just like, oh, those are those are tourists. God, that hurt my head so bad. I'm like, motherfucker, tourists? Tourists. Tourist. And then Donald Trump said it was all peaceful. That was his words. It was they were peaceful people. They were protesting because they were disgruntled and they were upset with whatever. And it's like peaceful. They beat an officer to death. With a fucking fire extinguisher. Yes, and I believe it was Sergeant Gunnell yeah. during his testimony at the commission, the first day of the commission, he said that he was asked, you know, Donald Trump called this hugs and kisses that day. And Sergeant Gunnell said, if those were hugs and kisses, I'm still recovering from them and maybe we should go to Donald Trump's house and do the same to him. I mean... I mean, I'm for it. I, I completely agree with that guy. It just was insane to him having been there. Yeah. It's it's diminishing and dehumanizing to the people who to were the at people work. who were there as a it, and this happens a lot with people who suffer traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. There's always some asshole that's got to come in and say, "Oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. You weren't there. You did not experience this. How fucking dare you say that it was like hugs and kisses?" That in itself because is he enough. left. 
He fucking he was in the tent he like when was, like him and his son and them and they were cheering. You remember when he had boxing gloves on? I did not see that. It was one. It was either him or his son. Somebody had boxing gloves on. Like yeah, yeah, get him, get him. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't think People that happened. During, I think that was before the rally. They were getting pumped up for the. Oh, rally. they were getting pumped up. Yeah, but but when the after the rally was over, Trump got in his limousine. And, and he left. went to the White House. He he went the opposite direction. He left of where... all the people that he incited. Because yes. remember him saying that we're going to march down Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going to go to we'll the Capitol. We'll be there with you. We're go- I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to. And then he dipped off. So so th- there's a, a stark difference in what these officers were. There four or five that testified. Yeah, there four. There are four of them that were testifying. What they actually saw and felt and heard. Mm-hmm. And saw their colleague beaten to death, and like one guy was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. extinguisher. There was another guy that was beaten with a flagpole, mm-hmm. and it was just like, bro, like I don't know what part of tourist and orderly and peaceful do you think happened on that day on the on the camera footage that we have, right? You know, it's insane to even suggest that, but there are people who believe him. Because those people that believe every word he says actually believe that they were peaceful protests. Oh, there ain't nothing. There was not, not, not even before they stormed the Capitol, right? When Giuliani was up there, you know, saying what we got to do when that other congressman was like, and that guy was like the major inciter. I can't remember his name. Oh, um, I can't remember his name, but he was up there and he was just like, you know, we have to fight. And we and he's like he's using insightful words mm-hmm. to get people to 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 march down or whatever. And then you remember the guy with the zip ties? Oh yes. Like yes. who the fuck? Like look, I needed zip ties for this fucking renovation, and we didn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to go to Home Depot to buy a gang of zip ties, and I bought like maybe yeah. twenty, maybe fifteen, twenty, and it cost me like seven dollars some shit. This motherfucker had a whole like. Back. Like I'm sure that cost him like fifty bucks. Now you don't show up to the Capitol with zip ties unless you try to zip tie somebody. Now hang on a second though. His defense was that he found them. He just found them and picked them up and carried them around. That what judge? What serious judge who went through fucking law school and the bar and you know tenure as an attorney? Who? What judge is gonna believe that? Like yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because their zip ties just laying around on the house floor. Bro, they had fifty zip ties. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> they had a lot. Yes. So they definitely have changed the narrative, and it's shifted so many times throughout the past six months. First, it was President Trump gave a speech that day on television that mm-hmm. said, "We love you." So he was speaking to. The people who were had broken into the chambers, he yeah. said, "We love you." He well, then, say those then words. after the the resounding, an overwhelming response from the public was, "This is fucked up." Then he's like, "Oh well, it wasn't. No, it must have been Antifa. It must have been Black Lives Matter." Well, why'd you say you love them if you thought that these weren't your people? You loved what they did in your name, so you were condoning that behavior. All right. And then it was Black Lives Matter. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, and I know we've all seen the memes and we've all seen this, the Facebook stories and whatever, whatever, but I'm just going to reiterate for all the people who are deaf, dumb, blind, mute. Very simply, and I want you to listen to me carefully, people of 
podcast world and Instagram and Facebook, under no circumstances would Black Lives Matter and Antifa and your mama, your papa, and your cousin too riot and storm the Capitol to overturn an election that you just won. True. That's true. I don't understand how this became a talking point. I don't understand how this became a thing. It's like you voted for Joe Biden because, and not because Joe Biden is great, because Joe Biden is a piece of shit. I can tell you that. I know that for a fact because of his response to the Israeli-Palestinian situation, his response to the Cuban situation, him increasing sanctions on Cuba. Like I can, I can give you a, I can give you a list of twenty-five things why Joe Biden is a piece of shit. But the other guy was a worse piece of shit, and everybody voted him out. And I can't believe that Fox News and AON and whatever the parlor or whatever was happening at the time thought that it was a good talking point to say Antifa and BLM dressed up as white people in a white face. Because if you look at the pictures, ain't no black people out there. Ain't no, ain't That's no right. Hispanic That's right. There, there ain't no fucking Native Americans. Right. Nobody was out there except right. people from the mountains of Caucasus. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't know what to tell you. And 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 but that they sought to overturn an election that they just won. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my that's the dumbest talking point. We're not talking about people who have critical thinking skills. <sighs> it's Every time I talk to somebody about the, the facts and the evidence yeah. and just using critical thinking skills, it becomes a circular argument over and over again. It's like, well, it was this, and then it was this, and then it was this, and it was like chasing your tail trying so, to talk to these people. So here's, no the thing. so here's the thing. Why I know that it was bullshit and nonsense and just a talking point, for the few days of hearing that we've had from the officers and other people mm-hmm. who testified or whatever, not one person has brought up Antifa or BLM because every single person knows that that's a bullshit argument. Yes. Yes. And that's why it's always been a bullshit argument. That's why this commission is necessary because there's so much spin happening in the media amongst conservative media, uh, especially that is changing the actual events of the day to make Donald Trump look less culpable and they're trying to come up with it it's it's almost like they're well it's not almost like it is as if they are doing exactly what they're accusing other people of doing in which they are trying to they start with a conclusion and then they're trying to build the evidence around that conclusion their conclusion is donald trump's innocent stop stop blaming him for shit. So in order to do that they have to blame somebody else because how can you make the case that he's innocent if every single person who stormed the Capitol that day was supporting him in his name, waving his flags, saying that he sent them. Yes, saying that he sent them. I can't wait to put the picture up of all the fucking Trump flags. We will. We will will put pictures of that day. So that's why this commission is is necessary. That's why it is happening is because the House Select Committee wants to get to the facts of what happened that day from the perspective of the police officers, some mm-hmm. of the police officers who were there defending that territory. 
So, but that's why this commission is happening is because we need to actually get people who were there that day to explain what they saw mm -hmm. from their own perspective and to debunk a lot of these talking points from media sources. Again, these are people in the media. These are not experts. These are not psychologists. These are not people who are experts in cultism and how this happens. These are not people yeah. who are experts in, uh, in policing or National Guard. These are talking heads on television who are actually trying to persuade people to believe what happened that day. Not their own eyes, yeah. but some different version of what happened that day. So, you know what I want to point out as uh, the, the talking point that the GOP has used um, with the whole Antifa and BLM and bullshit or whatever? Let me just rest on the whole BLM issue for the the, 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 the the crooks of the matter. Okay. Prior to the January 6th issue, when we had the protests all over the country for George Floyd and, you know, his murder at the hands of a police officer, there were protests in D.C. Mm -hmm. And when there were protests in D.C., the National Guard was present, and there's there are many pictures you can see of them in various files and ranks on top of the Capitol steps and yes, buildings. I remember those pictures to the tune of hundreds of them. Where if you thought if you thought for a for a fraction of a second that you were going to storm that building, you're going to pick up a fucking fifty caliber fucking bullet to the neck. Mm -hmm. You ain't going nowhere near this building. Yeah. Soldiers were, were, were from the top step to all the way down to the street. Yeah. You can riot all you want. You can protest all you want. You can pick it. You can have your signs. You can sing songs, whatever. But this motherfucking building, you're not getting into it. Because yeah. we got people. Yes. We got, we got where, we, where I'm from, we, we're like, you got, we got backative. We got support. Yeah. You won't have this kind of firepower. Yes. However, when January 6th happened, everyone noted immediately that this kind of firepower, this kind of resistance, this kind of deterrence was not present. Yes. And while I'm watching the hearing on TV and reading the news or whatever, very rarely does anyone ask the question of why weren't y'all as prepared for the January 6th insurrection that was all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over Parler, all over Instagram, all over whatever Pinterest. But y'all were y'all were ready for BLM, but you weren't ready for the people who were, were ready to hang Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Right. So I don't know if you have any information on that, but I got a lot of information on it. information on why there was why so much there, more of a presence why there day. why no not even not even so much more of a presence but why there were zero presence zero presence uh, yeah and i'm sorry that's what i meant yeah so much more presence during the the blm protest right tell me about it okay <laughs> so along with the inquiry that's been happening with this hearing a lot of questions have been asked of the officers that were there of senior officials that were there 
And people were talking about, well, why wasn't the National Guard called? Why wasn't the National Guard put in place to stop this? Why wasn't the National Guard a deterrent? And from the memo, the official memo from the National Guard that was released during this hearing was that they were told specifically by the person who could command them in the Washington DC area to not be equipped, not be ready, not be standing at the ready or at arms for this. And a lot of it, I was complaining to Beth earlier that a lot of the reports and the, 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 the stuff in the hearing is in passive voice, as in the bomb blew up or the plane crashed at 12.30 or the ship sank at 4.15 p.m. And passive voice does that. I don't know if you, a lot of people who've like really gotten into their first language. Passive voice, what passive voice does is it absolves blame. What it does is it tells you what happened, but it doesn't tell you who made it happen. So passive voice, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm dumbing this down for people who are highly intelligent. I apologize to you. Um, but you know we live a lot among a lot of people who disparage intelligence. But passive voice does something like this. The apple hit John on the head at 4.15 p.m., and he was hurt and went to the hospital. In that whole sentence, in that whole, in all the information that was gathered from that, it doesn't tell you who threw the apple, apple, who dropped the apple, who, you know, if it was an accident, it doesn't tell you anything. All it tells you is what happened to John. And that's what I'm noticing that's being happened in this inquiry, in this commission, with the questions that are being asked. It is, what happened? Well, this police officer was beaten to death and this civilian was shot and this person was assaulted and this person led whatever, whatever. And it was like, and the question that needs to be asked is who did that? Mm -hmm. Who incited that? Who asked for that? Who propelled, who made it happen? No one's asking that question, but the interesting thing is that the answer to all of those who questions is literally in documented reports. The person in charge of deploying the National Guard in Washington, D.C., the person in charge of having the National Guard at the ready with weapons and tools to disperse and repel a riot, all of that is documented in the report that is given to Congress. And that person is the current sitting president of the United States of America. Now, for the people who need a reminder, the current sitting president on January 6th was Donald Trump. <laughs> you can Google this. Matter of fact, you can Wikipedia this. You can literally find ask yourself who is in charge of the national guard of washington dc not illinois not pennsylvania not oklahoma not nevada washington dc who is in charge of ordering mobilizing 
weaponizing, equipping the National Guard. It is literally the president. And let me take your point a step further. This is what happens when passive voice is used. People start to fill in the blanks on their own. A very, very prominent talking point amongst conservative or Trump circles, Trump supporting circles, is that Nancy Pelosi is the one who did not deploy the National Guard. Because she don't have that power. I know she doesn't, but when people do not hear the actual statement to say Donald Trump was responsible for deploying the National Guard that day, if if it, the statement is just the National Guard wasn't deployed, yeah, people are going to fill in the blanks as to who is responsible. Now, the Speaker of the House is responsible for security on the premises, and that's where people are starting to fill in that blank and say it's Nancy Pelosi's fault because the Speaker of the House is in charge of the premises. However, she like is not the, able to call in the National Guard. The building itself. The building itself. That's Capitol Police. Yes. That's not National Guard. Yes, exactly. So that's why people are making this mistake of blaming her because of the passive voice being used, yeah. it is not explicitly stated that only the president can can deploy the National Guard. For for Washington, D.C. For Washington, D.C. The president can't deploy the National, the, uh, National Guard for Ohio. No. That's the governor's job. Exactly. But because Washington, D.C. is a district, it is not. it does not have its own governor. Exactly. It does not have its own. Yes. It's because of that that the president is the only one who can do that. And so passive voice has not led to only confusion. It's led to people filling in the wrong person's name as to who's mm -hmm. to blame for this. So here's the thing. Not, not only the problem with the passive voice, but the actual reality of what happened a day or two prior. On January 4th or 5th, the Secretary of Defense um, and the head of the Secretary of the DOJ and the National Guard met with Donald Trump, the president at the time. And said, okay, you're planning this rally. You're planning this thing. We do have intelligence that says that these people can be violent. Um, it can turn riotous. It can get out of control. We need to put some steps and some measures in place to protect not only property, but civilians and casualties and the senators, et cetera, congresspeople in the House. And the person who is in charge of the National Guard, who can deploy the National Guard in, National, in, in Washington, D.C., told those people, and it is recorded, it's literally there on a document, told them, in essence, to stand down. Mm -hmm. Don't, not only to stand down, but not not only to stand down, but not be armed. Right. And so the DOJ and like every senator, every congressperson has this document in front of them that they can read. Like it's stamped with the DOJ stamp and letterhead that says, we were told on January 4th or 5th, I can't remember which day, so please don't call me, <laughs> um, that the National Guard's armed response isn't necessary. This is just a rally. We're just going to talk. We're just going to motivate people. We're just going to, you know, have a back and forth, just whatever. And the, the, there was a little bit of pushback from the people who are leaders who have experience with this. The DOJ, the National Guard, they're just like, well, we kind of should get these people ready. We kind of should have arms or whatever. And the person who was in charge of that said, no, you don't need this at all. You don't. Mm -hmm. So... That is the difference in the discrepancy between the BLM protests over the summer 
and the January 6th insurrection, where you had all these police or, or, or military or armed presence on the steps of the Capitol building saying, you're not going to come in here. You're not going to fuck up shit. You're not going to kill anybody. You're not going to hang anybody. You're not going to, nobody's going to get shot or whatever because we're here already. Versus what is happening on January 6th where it's like, we're not even here. And even if we were here physically, we weren't allowed to be armed. Mm -hmm. The truth is, if you read that document, and I'll probably post it here, it says that even if they were there, they weren't supposed to be armed. So they would have to return to the armory and get everyone armed and then come back. By the time that happened, my pants would be hung and like a body mm-hmm. at that point. Um, so they weren't allowed to be there in their numbers. They weren't allowed to take up station. And, and if even if they were, they weren't allowed to be armed. Yes. There was no, de- the Capitol had no defense. The only defense the Capitol had was the Capitol Police. And one of those Capitol Police died because of these tourists mm-hmm. that were looking for the gift shop, couldn't find the gift shop. This officer was in their way and they beat him to fucking death so they could buy some fucking Capitol pins and magnets and, and, and t-shirts and magnets and the little hoodies hmm. and, yes know, exactly that's, it, that's and not- i do want to address the 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 same talking point that keeps coming back at me anytime i mention how awful it was what happened yeah. on january 6th it's the well what about the the black lives matter riots the, pr- the prior summer I am so sick of people bringing up some other thing that happened as a means to absolve them from feeling anything about this other thing that we're talking about. All I'm asking is for you to feel a certain way to tell me how you really, what you really think about January 6th. Don't take me back to some other time when you felt something was, was also wrong. One wrong thing that happened, let's say, okay, we do have to say very explicitly there's a difference between rioting and protesting. Yeah. So if you take the worst of what happened at the Black Lives Matter uh, protests, when people actually did start to destroy property, that is wrong. It's wrong to destroy property, but that does not in any shape, way, shape, or form absolve people from taking a stance on what happened on January 6th. It doesn't. I am so sick of people. What about, what about this? And what about that? I don't give two shits about what happened the summer before. That's a separate issue. We should still address it. But my question is about January 6th. Stop changing the subject. When we get to what about ism, you know, the conversation the, is over. The argument is dead because it, it, it's, it completely distracts from the point of Let's just say, let me just say, okay, I'm going to say it this way. You cannot compare Black Lives Matter protests to January 6th. You cannot compare the two. Because literally no Capitol Police died. Capitol Police didn't die. And the people that destroyed property, some of them in the Black Lives Matter protests, some of them were actually instigators who were trying to come in from outside to mar the the movement right and so a lot of these people who are trying to say that january 6th was black lives matter or antifa 
they only draw that correlation because of the destruction of property. Well, more than just destruction of property happened that day. Mm. People died and we did not have people coming into the Black Lives Matter protests with gallows trying to hang people. These are two different instances, two completely different. I just, I, I can't even get the words out. I'm so frustrated with people who just have no critical thinking skills. Yeah. If I'm asking you specifically, what do you think should happen on January with, with what happened on January 6th? What do you think should happen to the people who destroyed property, who broke in, who did this and who did that? Well, well what about Black Lives Matter? No, no, we're not talking about them. It's because they don't want to feel. They don't want to feel what happened that day. They're not capable yeah. of going there. And that's kind of the point, isn't it? It was so fucking horrible that there are people who just say, don't even talk to me about it. I can't even think. Can't even think about it. Can't even feel. So what about, so, and I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing that you hate. What about, <laughs> what about the officers? I think there were four of them who had statements in this commission, yes. in this hearing. Yes. And how does it compare to the people who are propagating the bullshit? Like the Tucker Carlson's and the fucking, um, what's her name again? The chick from, I can't remember her name. She's the one, she's the one that said, shut up and dribble. Oh, uh, Laura Ingram. Laura, right, right. Those people. Like, what? what is the discrepancy between what these officers are testifying under oath, under penalty of perjury before mm -hmm. Congress, and what the spin is on AON and Fox News and whatever? Okay. There's a very uh, stark difference between how these things are portrayed. And I take major issue with this. So I'm preemptively apologizing to our audience if I get really heated in this. Because, first of all, for the past several years, anytime the discussion has turned towards police officers, police violence, police brutality, I have taken the stance of we need to have therapy for cops who are consistently put into stressful and traumatic situations because they probably have PTSD. Okay. And I got met with some serious pushback, people who were so upset with me even suggesting that police officers have PTSD. Oh, there's, you can't say that they're weak. They're strong people. I am not saying they're weak. PTSD does not mean you are weak. Therapy does not mean you are weak. But I, there were some people who got so mad at me and actually ended their friendships with me. Because I were to suggest because you weren't a bootlicker. Yes, because you, oh. because I suggested that if you are in, it's called um, it's called compassion fatigue. It is an actual diagnosable condition okay. that my therapist has told me about. That when people who are in high stress situations where they're consistently it, it, think about nine one one operators, police officers, firefighters. Um, nurses and doctors, when they're in a position of trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma, that they don't really have time to decompress. Mm. They can get to a point where they start to despise people needing their help. And I think that this is what's happening with police brutality in this country is that they are, they are so, they're just going from trauma to trauma to trauma to trauma, not decompressing. And therefore they do sometimes get to the point where they start to resent the public resent yeah. the civilians that they're supposed to protect because it's just piling on. It's piling on. They don't on. get any downtime. They don't get any downtime. So I have advocated for the last several years that we need 
proper training and therapy for police officers to decompress them after they have highly stressful situations because mm -hmm. they most likely have PTSD and they are not in the, the right state of mind to be put in stressful situations again because you never know when PTSD is going to come up and resurface. You don't, I just had an episode uh, just within the last couple of weeks, I had to leave work and a friend of mine uh, at work noticed, she's like, you need to leave. You're shaking. You need to leave oh, wow. because you don't know when the PTSD is going to resurface mm -hmm. and what's going to re-trigger it. So anyways, I had to say that. So officer, I'm sorry, Sergeant Gunnell was the first to testify and he had fought in Iraq before. And he said that what he saw on January 6th was worse than anything he had seen in Iraq. It had to be terrifying you being like right here and looking at thousands of people yes, fucking coming at you, coming at you with flags and, you. And, and fucking uh, zip ties. And, yes. And like, yes. And, and, and so here's the thing. I know it's traumatic because like if you were in Iraq and you're fucking, you know, you got your fatigues, you got your, your troop or your battalion with you, whatever. And then the opposition is coming towards you mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay. Either we kill them or they kill us. It's one or the other. Here we are. Yes. But when you're looking out at the crowd, it's like, these are Americans. These are citizens. These Just like us. Yes. Do 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 we do we kill them? Or and do do they kill us? Uh, like and now now it's cognitive dissonance. Yes. Like and <laughs> the second officer to testify, Officer Fanone, did address that. He said that he had his firearm, some of the armed mob. And he said, he said they were armed. Mm -hmm. Some of them were determined to get inside. They were determined to kill him with his own gun. And they actually said those words, kill him with his own gun. Wow. He said he had thought about taking out his weapon, but he knew that there were armed people there. And if he took out his weapon and shot one of them, that would be, that would be the justification that the crowd would need to kill him. He was oh. trying to, he was trying to plead with them. And what ended up working was Officer Fanon said, I have kids. And that's when they finally stopped trying to kill him okay. because he was pleading to the humanity in them. And oh. that's that's a smart move oh, the, on his the, part. The, the whole the pro-life humanity. The pro-life humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what worked. So, but uh, Sergeant Gunnell, Officer Fanon, mm. they had both mentioned that they had been diagnosed with PTSD. Um, officer Hodges, he was the next to testify. He called these people terrorists. That was a very strategic word on his part that he used because the definition of a domestic terrorist is yeah. somebody who's using a political motive in order to, is that the same guy who read the definition? Yes, he of, read the and definition. I, I watched that and I was just yes. like, and he said, he said, he said the word, he's like, I came prepared Yes. with the definition. He, he used the word <laughs> terrorist, but he was saying those, those people were, uh, they planted a bomb. They started uh, uh, trying to attack him. They tried to convert us to their cult, he said. And then uh, last to testify was Officer Dunn. He said that he's also been, uh, he's been diagnosed with PTSD. And he spoke directly to the members of Congress and also to the public mm -hmm. and to his fellow officers by saying that um, there are peer support programs. There is the employee assistance program that gives uh, the, the counseling sessions, but there's also private insurance that you could lean on and private counseling sessions. And he asked the house to look at the, the current needs of those officers who have been diagnosed with PTSD and reassess whether their current, uh, whatever they get through their employment is enough yeah. to address 
how to handle therapy for officers who are in traumatic situations, which is basically every day for an officer. So and you, you know, said there shouldn't be every day for a Capitol Police officer. It shouldn't be that. Like, it, it should be a once a century thing. It and, I, and it happened on that day for them. It shouldn't be every day for any officer, let alone Capitol Police. But any yeah. officer should not be in that kind of situation day after day. But they are, unfortunately. So here's here's my point. The reason I'm going through all of that is because I have been through trauma before. Mm. I have PTSD. I was re-triggered just within the last two weeks. So I know that what they're saying is true. And when it comes to Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Dinesh D'Souza, these are three people who have been in the media explicitly making fun of these men for showing emotion. Making calling fun them of all these kinds men. of names, weak and like, calling like, them the everything, fuck? which is not just disgusting on its face, but it is so dehumanizing yeah. and it's so toxically masculine to to say that a man who sheds tears is weak, a man who well, shows like, that he is. Have you ever have you ever been defending the capital of a fucking country? And, and watching your colleague being beat to death. Like, if a dude is crying because of that, man, like, shut the fuck up. I'm not talking. It is awful. <laughs> it is awful to see. Your colleague died. That's a dude that you know. You had lunch with that dude. And it's not just that their colleague died. That's not the only reason they're shedding tears. They were talking about how they thought they'd never see their family again. They were talking about how these people, just like you said, these people who were staring at them and wanting to kill them were fellow Americans. citizens yeah. of this country. We all got to go home and eat dinner. And yes. Eat. And it, it was just so the the conservative media is is looking at these situations and just being completely. I, there are no words. I'm really struggling to find the words to say to to say how. They are, but they're really, when they're faced with humanity, mm. they're actually taking the route of saying, that shit don't matter. They're fucking weak. Look at those crybabies. Actually, Dinesh D'Souza says, uh, he tweeted this out. I'm still waiting for surveillance or body cam video showing a MAGA crowd shouting racist taunts, including the N-word at the Capitol Police officer on January 6th. I remember the guy, the black officer, Yes, um, Officer Dunn. Recounting, you know, what he heard. Yes. The and news of the N-word. They're calling him a liar. They're calling him a liar because they can't fathom that any of their own people would ever use that word. So rather than say, ooh, maybe we should look at this situation. Maybe we should have a discussion about how the N-word's not appropriate. No, yeah. no, no. They say he's lying. We'd never say that. Uh. Now, that that's one person. Um, Greg Kelly, who is on uh, Newsmax, mm. he was live tweeting during these hearings, and he said some of the most vile and disgusting shit that is so beneath a human being, let alone beneath a person who is on television. He was saying that these officers who were crying and who were testifying were trying to get Oscars, and this was an Oscar performance, that there's no way that they could be being honest about how they feel. This is, again, this, this notion that men can't show any kind of 
any kind of emotion ex except for just being stoic. Men are stoic. Men, men are either men happy are stoic. or angry. And that's it. That's you, the you only got, thing they're got, allowed to be. two choices. <laughs> and it's so dehumanizing because when I, wow. I was close to tears watching these men testify just because I knew that it took a lot for them to, to rehash almost dying. Yeah. Anybody in that situation would be emotional. Because it's, it's thousands of people coming towards you. It's yes. not like three people you'd be like, ah, I'll shoot three of them, whatever. Yeah. This is like, I don't have enough bullets for all of you. Yes. Please stop coming in here. And, and one of them actually saying, I have the right to defend myself, but if I pull out my weapon, I am going to die because they will shoot me back. Yeah. And he just basically had to say, okay, I guess I'm, I might die. But I, it's, but I'm not going to be able to defend myself with my weapon. I'm just going to have to, to defend myself by pleading to their emotions and saying, I have kids. And that actually worked, but he didn't think he was going to survive. None wow. of these officers thought they were going to survive. That's crazy. So the conservative media, they absolutely, there are no words to describe how disgusting they are, that they're actually saying that these men who are crying can't possibly be telling the truth because men don't cry. And that's, that's Tucker Carlson. Who else? Sean Hannity, Greg Kelly, Sorry. and Dinesh the fuckface D'Souza. I haven't heard anything from that stupid bitch. Um, Laura Ingram? Oh, no, not, not Laura Ingram. Well, her too. But the fucking Judge uh, Piro oh, or whatever. <laughs> judge Perino or whatever the hell her name is. I just have to say that there are some Republican senators and House members that have come out and said, I didn't feel threatened. Well, it's because you knew they weren't coming for you. Because they were on your team. Yeah. You would have been like, yo, I'm fucking Rep Bobart. I'm fucking, I'm fucking Marjorie Taylor. The guys you want are that way. So that tells that, you everything you need to know. They didn't feel threatened because they knew that they weren't, that we those people weren't to, coming for we them. We don't need to elaborate on that. So on that note, like I said, since we're way over time, usually yeah. we try to keep this on there an hour, but this is a serious fucking topic. Beth, can you tell these people how to reach us? And before she does, I'm going to let you know, we're going to continue this conversation on our Patreon, which I will tell you about after she tells you about how to get to us. All so right. Nuts. So we are on Twitch at Mixed Politics on YouTube. If you search Mixed Politics as two words, you'll see us there. Facebook and Instagram, mixed.politics, mm -hmm. Twitter at mixedpolitics1, or you can send us an email at mixedpoliticspod at gmail.com. Right. And if you want to actually get participation trophies <laughs> for being a part of this show, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash mixedpolitics and subscribe to us donate to be a part of our show um like i said we do kick back it's not a situation where you're just giving to us just blindly um depending on the tier that you choose but there's kickbacks and we are devoted to doing that and we really appreciate you and we thank you so much for being a part of this show we would love to have you a part of this show there's a whole bar behind us now so come sit Come get some drinks with us. Come hang out and kick it. I will make a show together. And most importantly, if you want to hear the rest of what we have to say tonight, that's where you're going to oh, see yeah, it on Patreon. There's going to be more of that because I'm not yeah. done. We we do have a lot of other things to talk about. But while we're here and we're done, we're going to thank all of you for being here. Yes. To our and 
to our for... analysts, pundits, and experts. Now we can cheers in person. Yeah. We don't have to do that anymore. Oh, we don't? No, we because just... we're... <laughs> <laughs>